Hey, you want a hot dog? Oh, no, I can't. I, uh, have Crohn's. What's that? It's like when the lining of your stomach is all messed up, so it makes you shit all the time. Well, thanks for sharing. Next time, just say I don't want a hot dog. I'm just trying to spread awareness. Welcome back to Inane. Got a great show in store for you guys this week. It's going to be uh, going to run a little longer than it normally does. Uh, so buckle up for that. I'm joined tonight by my longtime friend, podcasting partner, Don. Welcome to the fold, my friend. Why, good evening and thank you very much. Don and I go way back, dude. We met in 95 or 94? I think it was 94. Yeah, it was yeah. shortly after I got married back then. Yeah. Yeah. And Don and I have had... Uh, just a lot of stuff we've been through. I mean, we've been there for each other through some thick shit. Yep. And uh, even some thin shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been it's been interesting. We've had a lot of uh, a lot of fun times together. We've had some challenges that have tried to strain us, but yeah. you know what? It it's all kind of come together. Friendship pulls it all back. Yes, it does. Yeah. So Don has been um, he's been my podcasting partner from the beginning. In fact, the very first podcast we did together was his idea. You were the oh, one to introduce yeah. me. We wanted to do a podcast like The Beer Report. Something similar. Right. right. And so we decided to do a podcast called uh, Dude Night. Yes. And it was me, you, and our friend Chris. Yep. And we all had uh, uh, nicknames. I was Clark. You were Hog Dog. Yep. And Chris was uh, Gonzo. Gonzo, which has always been his nickname. That's right. We'd have been canceled the first week if we did that now. The Me Too movement <laughs> would not would not have bode well. No, it would have yes. we would have backed off, and we were really bad. But we were guys that basically we were all married, and we all wanted to act up. And but the problem with the show, and the reason why it didn't last very long, was it took us a long time to do the show. We'd get together like every six weeks or so, and we'd record three episodes a night three at a time. Yeah, and, and by the by the third one, we were fucked. We were so housed that we could barely even make out what beers we were drinking. Right, because we weren't drinking like yeah. Bud Light and shit. No. You know, we were drinking heavy Belgians and Imperial IPAs, right. and, and and we weren't just sipping them and moving on. We were basically tilting the bottle till it was empty. Do you remember the show we did where we where I made you guys uh, beer bong Paps Blue Ribbon? Oh my god, it was like a frat party. Yeah. That was nuts. We were lighting our farts. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. You know what? You know what's? You know what lives in infamy from that? Yeah. Was the brackets that we did? Oh, Hoserama. Hoserama. Yeah. In yeah. fact, uh, Eric has now got something going on his new podcast, Throwing Wrenches. Yes, which I I have yeah. to I want to comment on that in a minute. Okay. These guys are so technical about cars. Yeah. I feel like less of a man listening to that show. <laughs> well, you shouldn't. No, these they're 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 both. You know, gearheads, you know, it's in their DNA. They know, yeah. they're using terms I've never heard before. Right. I mean, uh, throwing wrenches, I'll tell you, if you're into cars, and these guys are just so easy to talk to. One of the guys sounds like he's been on the radio for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he's he's good. Anyway, so then Don and I did, um, I started My Life as a Foodie, which was a food podcast, which Don later came on as a, as a guest a number of times, and we would do... Dude, we did crazy shit. We did Out to Lunch, a video series Out to Lunch. Yeah, we did quite a few of those. That was a lot of fun. You've always been one of these guys that inspired me to like try new things and go to new places and stuff. Right. So, Guisados. Remember the taco place we went oh, to? Oh, yeah. Remember that yeah. well. That was good. And then a little known podcast we did that almost no one listened to that didn't last more than two or three episodes was Movie and a Beer. <laughs> the idea was, go ahead. I, 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 You know what? The problem is, is that this is what, I mean, maybe it's early onset of senility or something. I don't remember doing that podcast. That's because we drank too many beers, not, not enough movies. Okay. Right? Yeah. So movie and a beer was, it was going to be a half hour podcast where we reviewed a movie and reviewed a beer. And so we start, I started this whole thing and the logistics of it were just stupid. It sounds simple, but it really got too, too crazy. The first one we did was uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Okay. Which wasn't on DVD yet. It was like, basically, it was one of these movies I knew it was going to be nominated for an Oscar. I wanted to pump it up. And I happened upon a screener 
which I wasn't supposed to have. <laughs> and I shared a lot of content from the movie and basically gave the movie away. Hmm. A friend of ours, Charles, who works in the industry, works for Universal Pictures. I messaged him. I go, you think this is all right? And he goes, no. He goes, <laughs> I mean, it'd be one thing if you played the trailer. You gave away the fucking movie. That's right. You, you played know? the movie. Yeah, you basically gave the whole movie away. And I go, you know, th- these studios, sometimes they don't even want you to, to share the trailer. You know, they're really sensitive about this stuff. Hmm. And which, you know, when I was on My Life as a Foodie, I had that, that girl that would come on, Vic Tim. Remember Victoria Tim? Oh, yeah. After Dark Pictures, um, a friend of mine who was a producer would send me stacks of DVDs and have her come on the show and um, promote their, their movies. She goes, you could share anything you want. She didn't care if I posted video and stuff. She didn't care what I did because they wanted, you know, any talk you have is, is good for these movies. But, you know, a, a movie like that with a big budget and Universal Studios, now yeah. they're, they're going to come at you. You got to be a little more careful there. So anyway, it died down and uh, that was the end of that. But so now we're here. Yep. And this is like Dude Night Light tonight. Okay. Yeah. Works for me. In a way, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Don and I share a lot of mutual interests. We like to camp, hike, outdoors guys, uh, cycling, cooking, photography, our senses of humor or pretty similar i'm a little more fucked up than you are nah, we're both fairly sophomore-ish yeah 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 farts always make us laugh exactly well you know? farts are never not going to be fun <laughs> that's right i'll be i'll be 55 in a week and it's still i still crack up when i fart yeah or when other people fart it's just funny yeah what can you what can you do you can't help it now going back to the what if thing if yeah. farts had no smell would they still be funny um well they just make a funny sound right but you could do the same thing if you blew into a balloon and released it are you, do you laugh at that but that's not coming out of your ass. It's because it's coming out of your Pretty ass. Pretty much, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a bowel movement with song. So it comes out your ass, it doesn't stink, is it still offensive? Um, no, not at all. All right. It's almost like sneezing at that point. I'm telling you, if it ever happens, I'm going to fart like crazy in public. Well, my farts don't stink. Oh, yeah, right. Thank you. What are you, a girl? That's what they say. <laughs> well, my the, farts don't stink. They smell like sage. If it comes out your ass, it's going to stink. All right, dude, what are we drinking tonight? We're going to have a beer. We're going to have two beers. But first beer we're going to have, you brought some beers. Yep. What, oh, what am I going to What am I going to bring? I got to go grab it first. Go grab it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother, what are we drinking? Um, well, I brought a couple of beers tonight. Yeah. Uh, both by Russian River, and they're both Saisons. Love it. Yep. We have... Uh, One of my favorite styles, by yep. the way. Janemi. Janemi. How do you... Janemi. How do you think that? Janemi, I guess, yeah. I don't know what it is. Anyway, it's a farmhouse ale with Brett. Oh, it's breaded up. So here's the beauty thing about Saison styles. If anyone's not familiar with this, Saison's such a wide style. It's almost like a golden ale Mm -hmm. in a way. It's got its own flavor because the yeasts are wild. But you can bread the shit out of it. So you can have a sour Saison or you could have a straight up Saison. Yeah. Which almost more resembles a golden ale. Definitely, definitely. And there's always a little bit of funk flavor in them. Yeah. You know, there's always that little bit of spice, something in there that I always really like. And then the other one's called Robert, very oh, yeah. pedestrian. And that's yeah. just their uh, farmhouse sale, straightforward, straight Saison, no bread. Nice. So which one do you want to try? We definitely got to do the funky one, man. You go fun? Let's give us something to talk about. We want the funk. <laughs> we would do these Belgian beer nights and uh, Don got really into funky beer and I didn't like... Oh, yes. That's the sound. Is that the one you wanted to hear? That's the one I wanted to hear. All right. And so he got into funky beers, and, and at first I was like okay with it. But after a while, I'm like, oh, my God, it's like drinking Band-Aids. And then uh, you would do some weird shit, man. You started pairing it with different foods, and it worked. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it definitely, there's some, there's some funk in there. But if you put it with either like um, certain cheeses. Yeah. Some more earthy, like meat, the charcuterie stuff. I mean, it's really good. And then we went to that one sour fest, right? At uh, at Stone, at Stone, right? Yeah. And I uh, mean, they were pairing some things with all kinds of interest. That's where that's where we were introdu- introduced to the bacon toast. That's Remember right. That? Yes, the bacon toast, and that paired quite well with the saison. It did indeed. Yeah. That was good food over right. there. And the other one that was really interesting, it was. Um, one of the the Bretts, the Bretts that they had there, um, they paired it with figs. Oh. And that was delicious. Nice. Yeah. So it was a wide variety. You know, the first thing that, that got me was when I was at the Great American Beer Festival. I was drinking this beer, and there was some place in Wisconsin that was doing Belgian beers. And the guy goes, I said, well, this is really good beer. He goes, yeah, you know what? He goes, in Belgium, 
They pair it with horse meat. I'm like, what? They eat fucking horses in Belgium? I mean, I thought these people were cool. <laughs> you know, they're eating horses? All right, let's taste this. Cheers. Salute. Salute. Oh, it smells good. Ooh, nice. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Ooh man. Nice. Yo, there's that sour. Crisp. It's it's sour, but not overly sour. No, it, it's, it's not, not the sour. It's, it's not obtrusive at all. It's not like someone stuck a lemon in your mouth, okay? Exactly. It's, it's got a... It's almost a, a smoky... Mm-hmm. Almost a, a, a plastic quality. Not plastic. I don't know if I go like plastic not, or phenolic. Or see, anything. I knew the minute it came yeah. out of my mouth, I was like, he's not going to like the fact that I said plastic. Right. It's got a almost medicinal quality to it, you know? Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's a very good thing. This is the quality that you look for in uh, sour beers. Yeah, that's delicious. It's fantastic. It's really good. Fantastic. You know what that would go, would go really well with? Eat them cheese. Thoroughbred. <laughs> yeah. Wilbur? Eat Wilbur. <laughs> so, dude, what's up with you now? What are you doing? Um, I don't know. I think I'm kind of in the world of Groundhog Day like everybody else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ever since March kind of hit, it's been kind of crazy. Yeah, they released the the lockdown. They released a, a little bit of it here in California. I can go get my hair cut now. Yeah, well, yeah. I was always doing that. Oh, you were? I got a guy. I got a guy. I got a guy. Yeah. No, I mean, as far as what have I been doing, I am uh, a um, part-time headmaster, lunch lady, and janitor for my daughter when she is at <laughs> distance learning. So uh, when, when I have her you know, up for the week, that's basically what I'm doing, Yeah, which I love. Because then I almost also the PE teacher, so we can go out and get some walks and runs and Sweet. hikes and stuff like that. Um, other than that, still working in the environmental construction world and uh, just really loving the diversity there. That's good. The way that goes. Um, get out and sleep under the stars when I can. Burning a lot of meat in my backyard. Just kind of enjoying life. Well, we're going to hit on two of those topics. The outdoors okay. thing and then burning meat a little bit later. All I right? love it. Dawn was really pivotal this summer, along with a lot of my friends and my family, in getting me back to uh, normal. Any of you who know me personally know that uh, I had perhaps one of the worst years uh, that you could have last year. COVID aside, um, I had a severe tragedy in my life. And it was at that time when I realized just how uh, loved I was. And I, I have a lot of love in my life, my friends, my family. I, I, I hate to say I hate to distinguish between the two because my friends feel like family, but um, people had to come to rally around me and uh, help me out, help me bring me back to who I am, to my core. And you were part of that, man. That trip, Thanks. that trip that we took uh, to Utah, uh, to the Grand Canyon. Oh yeah, was uh, dude. It was it was life changing for me. It was great. Yeah, was a wonderful time. I mean. We got really fortunate with the, uh, the the two places where we ended up camping. I mean, the first night was a little on the cold side. Cold, dude. I was, <laughs> that was my balls were frozen when I woke up. That's how cold it That's was. That's funny. Yeah. No, it was it was cold, but um, I will say there is nothing like having two sleeping bags and putting one in the other. So then I was I, I was toasty warm when I was sleeping. Here's the thing that everyone needs to know about me. I fucking love outside i love being outside even as cold as it was up there it was beautiful i was in a tent i was sleeping on the ground in the wilderness that's my jam yeah that makes me happy making coffee on a rock yeah you know looking out of those beautiful valleys up in those majestic mountains out there towards zion right towards the park it was amazing it was beautiful people poo poo camping all the time they're like oh it's like being homeless it's not like being homeless you're in the fucking wilderness exactly your life is small you pack everything into a bag right you make coffee on a small stove you cook really simple meals you know you can make it extravagant if you want Mm -hmm. but it you know for me i wanted to be simple because i want to know just how simple i could make my life and still enjoy it and still enjoy it and it's not like no look if you if you park that tent uh on chicago avenue or, you know, on a street some da- somewhere in Los Angeles. Yeah, then you're homeless. Right. You know, that's not camping. Yeah. But this is not. I mean, this is really, it's my jam. I just, I love the fact that you wake up in the morning, you smell campfire. You know, you smell like campfire. 
Mm-hmm. Your balls are frozen. <laughs> you know, shit like that. I mean, it's... Uh, it's Frosticles. Right. If you're lucky enough to be, you know, if you park your tent uh, near a stream or something, you can hear that. That's your soundtrack for the night. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. It's really... It'll yeah. settle you. It'll bring you back down to zero. Well, it takes you to places that you normally wouldn't be. It takes you to places that you would really enjoy. Right. Um, you're... I mean, like you said, you can be as simple... Or as extravagant on what you're eating, and I've I've been on both sides of that pendulum. Yeah, me too. Um, it's also you know how remote do you want to be? Right. I mean, both of the places we were at were were basically what you would call dry camping with no cell service. No, the cell service is one thing. Well, we I think we had cell service the first night, but the 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 um, we were out by the Grand Canyon. I mean, we were close to ninety miles off of a highway. Yeah, and and I think within about a mile. You were remote. You were without services that way, without, you know, out there. I th- there was no water, but we did have a pit toilet, which was actually a very well-maintained pit toilet. It oh, was like a Marriott It was bathroom. like a Marriott bathroom. Yeah, it was yeah. really impressive. And a, and a view that was, you know, unparalleled to most anything you've ever seen in your life. One of the things I enjoyed most about that trip was this Instagram story that I put together. And it allowed me to just be foolish you know, and act like a, a a kid, and I did, and I made you know. So I just thought it was just a really funny story that we put together. But I could not photograph the Grand Canyon in a way that made it look like what I saw. I don't think you can photograph that. You have to go there and see it. It's really hard. Yeah, I think a lot of times, if you know, when you see photographs of the Grand Canyon, if you've never been there before, you look at it and go, "Wow, that's pretty amazing." But if you've been there before and then you see a photograph after, yeah. you go, oh, my God, I remember when I was standing on the edge of that, exactly. that cliff. Exactly. That's what people say. Looking out on the massive, vast of, of the gorge and the big sky and the clouds and, the, and that warm air that's coming up from the Colorado River. Right. I mean, that's what it takes you to. It's more of that visceral feeling than actually just looking at a picture from an Instagram moment, you got to actually yeah. be transported to that place and really feel it. It's hard to capture the enormity of the Grand Canyon. You know, it's a quarter mile deep or longer. What was it? Oh, no. What did I say? <laughs> it was, it was 0.66. I thought it was no, two it was, miles. It, it, it was um, where we were. That was a that was almost a 3,000 foot drop. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was and that's not the deepest part of it is as well so yeah it was that was pretty crazy listen any of you who like don't think camping's cool if let's say you're married or you're in a like a real serious relationship i'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a, a little tip here sex in a tent best thing ever <laughs> i mean come on dude <laughs> it's almost like screwing in public except you're like you're protected by this thin sheet of nylon that's keeping people from seeing you right that's so there's funny. a voyeuristic quality to it. You've got to be quiet, but it's like it. That's fun, right? That's hilarious. It's the best ninety minutes of my life. <laughs> you you counted them all together? Did you well, stack them all up? Eighty nine of them were spent talking her into it. But <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I got some video I want to share, dude. Let's okay. get to the funny shit. We'll um, see it. Do I have to put my glasses back on? No, you probably you'll be all right because this okay. is going to be away from you. I'm not going to be able to see it at all because I'm going to be holding it up. Okay. Um, this, I'm going to have another sip of this beer, though. It's so good. Nice. Now, this is the Janamy that we're having, right? That's correct. Now, these are single releases. They're like special. They don't release them all the time. Um, I think they're just, yeah, they're they're periodic releases. I don't think it, it's just a, on a regular rotation. In fact, I was at um, I was at our local beer and, and spirits purveyor the other day, and yeah. I saw a lot of the other beers, but I didn't see any of these, any of the Saisons. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think it's one, I think it's more kind of a, I would say a limited release, but just more of a, I would say seasonal. Right. All right. So, okay. Here's the first video. All three of these videos are, this is, these are, they've been around for a long time. I, I had these in my, in my locker for okay. a long time. I had no way of sharing them. I wasn't going to share them on Instagram or Twitter or anything like and, that. And these are videos that are, are, are yours? No, no. These are videos that I've seen and on the internet that were shared okay. with me and stuff. Okay. Um, but they all have. They all have quite a bit of substance. It just goes to show just how fucked up people are. I mean, people are really messed up. It wouldn't take videos for that to be proven. Well, watch these. All right, first one I'm going to share, and a little preface. The video basically is this guy. He's shooting a vertical, selfie style, right, overhead. He's not wearing any clothes. Okay. And his girlfriend or his wife is in bed. 
she's got or she's in her panties and a t-shirt so i don't know if they're like you know post-sex or whatever this was but uh he's it's obviously hot there's a fan blowing on her right because she needs it summer or whatever and uh, he's going to shoot a selfie picture uh, or video above with her in the background in front of the fan and can i just say i've never understood guys who hot box their wives <laughs> or do the Dutch oven thing. I mean, it's just so gross. That's I mean, gr- that's pretty uncool. It's one thing if you, you're in a room and you manage to like squeak one out and she walks in and she, you know, oof, that smells or whatever, right? right. And that's one thing, you didn't mean to do it. Yeah. But to purposely pass gas so your wife can smell it is bad enough. This guy stands on the other side of the fan and farts right into the fan so it blows it in her face. God. <laughs> Dude, that's just messed up. Come on. I mean, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. That you must be trying to break up. You must have have your bags packed you know, when you're doing something if, like that. I was thinking exactly exactly yeah. the same thing I was thinking. It's if like, they did I'm just have, if they did just have sex, he's not getting any more for a right. very long that's time. That's it. I the best part about for me, not just the fact that the guy's got one of the smallest asses I've ever seen in my life. But his laugh, the guy sounds like a two-pack-a-day dude. Listen. <laughs> the the yeah, grain, the grain the, the in his laugh. The raspiness in there. Yeah. That raspy two-pack-a-day laugh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. Is that it? That was the first one. <laughs> oh, the first one. I've got three of these. Oh, my God. <laughs> did I come out Did I come out too hot? Should I have just gone with this, something? You know what? I, I'm fine. The, the last one's going to stay with you for all night. I so. really don't. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So here's the next one. This one was sent to me by, by my late wife. Uh, she found it on Facebook and she thought this was really funny only because um, it's got an Italian mom in it. Now, this is an Italian mom from like Brooklyn and she's like right off the boat. You know about this water bottle prank? You know what this is? Have you ever seen this? No. So this is like kids do this all the time. It's a water bottle prank. Basically, what they do is they tell their parents that they're going to do uh, a magic trick for them. And they put like a coin on a table. And then they take a water bottle full of water over the coin. And they tell them that the magic trick is that they're going to put the, the coins going to go into the bottle. And they're going to do an abracadabra. And the coin goes up through the plastic into the bottom of the bottle. So... And the, the the whole idea is after they take it off, they take a look and they go, okay, the coin's in the bottle. Have a look. So then their parents go and they look inside the, the water bottle. And as soon as they do, the kid squeezes it and splashes water on his parents' oh, face. So that's a practical joke. So this guy's going to do it to his Italian mother. And uh, it does not end very well for him. Are you ready? Yep. All right. So you see this penny? Yeah. It's outside, right? Yeah. Right or wrong? Right now it's outside, yeah. It's on, the, it's on the table, on the table right? Yeah. I'm not doing oh, she's tricks. a ball breaker. Yeah, totally. It's on the table, yeah. He's putting the bottle over the coin. And he's going to look to make sure it's over. You put that on top of the pen. Yeah. Okay, right? Okay. I yeah. didn't do anything tr- tricky no, here, no, right? No, 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 nothing. So no. now I'm going to make the penny uh-huh. go inside of the water bottle. He's yeah, going to put a... Right. Co- He's going to put cloth over the butt. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, right there. So I didn't do anything tricky, right? No, I, I saw it. You didn't, you didn't put no, right, nothing. So you ready? <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Abra? Yeah, he's got the cloth over. He's going to do his hand I thing. Didn't do anything wrong, right? No, I saw the pen underneath. All right. And he takes okay. the thing off. He looks. And he okay, sees it. Have a look, Ma. Look inside. Look, it's floating on the top. Splash. <laughs> oh. Right, you, you motherfucker, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god dude that is deep italian that was way deep what's Woo. funny the only thing that would have made that any more complete is she would have grabbed one of the pans on this on the stove and, and beat, beat him over the head with it, with yeah. it. if yeah. any of you didn't catch it she called him a puntana about five times that means whore also called him a son of a bitch. Oh, that which, was funny. Which, you know, is just, it, that's her son, so what does that say about her? Yeah. So here's the funny story I have to say about this. So she sends it to me. I immediately fall in love with it. I watch it like 10 times. I'm laughing my ass off. That's hilarious. I stripped the audio from it. 
of her break, her, her complete fucking meltdown. Right. And I turn it into a ringtone for my phone. Oh, my God. And I put it on my phone. In fact, I just checked today. It's still in there. This was my ringtone. Is it on here? Yeah. Listen to this. This is the ringtone that I had for a long time. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so, that's great. Here's where the story goes a little south on me. We both thought it was funny I made the ringtone. It was my phone. Yeah. The problem I have is most people who, I, who call me or people in my contacts list, everybody has their own ringtone. Right. So that's a standard ringtone. I rarely get like standard phone calls. So I forget it's my standard ringtone. So one day my phone's on the bed. My stepdaughter's in the room. I get a phone call. A random. That goes off. Oh, no. The look on her face. <laughs> Yeah, so it immediately came off. That's funny. But, uh, that's funny. Yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's great. Okay, I got one more. All right. This um, is the one that's going to stick with me for a while? Yeah, this is going to be a little troubling, I'm, I'm afraid. Okay. I, I wish it wouldn't be troubling, but this actually, this should be a PSA for uh, for kids not to do drugs. This is taken in Venice Beach. Now, I had to go searching for this. This has been around for a long time. Okay. This original video was seven minutes long. I found it, edited down to one minute, just the best parts. Okay. This chick, um, who looks like she's in her 40s, she's probably like in her early 20s, cracked out whore, you know, she's all drugged up. Um, She's walking around with a box full of stuff, which I think is probably poop, and uh, one of those sweeper things that you clean the floor with, almost like a vacuum cleaner. Okay. And she's completely fucked up on drugs, and she's causing, she's trying to fight everybody, and she's obviously, I don't know what planet she's on, but she looks really threatening, and it's kind of dangerous. Oh, by the way, this is Venice Beach in California here. If you want to go where all the weirdos are, go to Venice Beach. And it's one of the highest rent districts in the South Bay as well. The, the west side. I'm sorry. That's the west side. Good point. Yeah. High rent, and it's got mm-hmm. all the crazies in it. There's a couple of blocks that have all the crazies in it, but for the most part, it's just ridiculously, you know, if you want a, a nice 1,500-square-foot place, you're pushing six grand a month. You're fucking kidding me. No. Uh-uh. Is that expensive? It's that expensive. Holy crap. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, you know, second place has got to be Santa Monica Pier. A lot of crazies on the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah, the, but they've kind of pushed them all down towards Venice. Have they? Yeah, they're not they're not there as much anymore. They're, they're pushing them down that way. Jesus. Yeah. All right, check it out. And I'm going to try to comment uh, as much as I can here. All right, you got it? She's walking here. She's got her box. There's a couple coming up, and she's going to swing at the girl. What? What's this? Oh. Took a swing at her. Now her boyfriend's going to try to fight her. She's ready to go. She's fucking nuts. She's nuts. Yeah. What is she doing? What is she saying? Check this out. She's swinging at the guy with her. Wow, with hit the, him. Yeah, she hit him with the uh, vacuum cleaner. Yeah, it's one of those little upright, like, dust buster things. And watch this. She's got this box. She's going to drop it. And now she's going to drop trowel and take a shit oh, right on the boardwalk. serious? Yeah. And now she's pissing and the shit won't come out because she's constipated. It's coming in and out and in and out. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, dude. Here, let me zoom uh, in. No, that's okay. Zoom in Don't for need you. to can see, you see the turtle. The, can you see the turd? The turtle. There's the turtle. Oh, God. It's coming up. And look at the peas coming out. Look, at, know, look at the puddle of pee. It's it's kind of sad. It really is because that's the kind of thing that you know is out there right now, and it's getting worse and worse. Yep. And um, I I go to a lot of really interesting places, I guess you could say, for work because we do a lot of environmental cleanup. Yeah. And a lot of those places are in areas where you have the homeless. Um, downtown L.A. Right. West Side. Um, some of the uh, Industrial areas uh, north of um, Carson. That's another Southgate area. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's really bad down there, Gardena. And um, these people are, you know, truly fucked up in the head. Yeah. You know, they're, they are they are mentally unstable and they, um, you know, find, I guess you would call it safety and solace by, by living together. Hmm. In these packs or tribes or whatever, kind you of like call a tribal it. thing. Yeah, and um, you know it's spooky. I mean, I remember spokes some of the times when you rode through those homeless camps in Santa Ana. Yeah. yeah, in Santa Ana. Yeah, 
And, um, and it's funny because there's kind of two types of homeless people out there. The ones that are only wanting to do it to just try to like get back on their feet. Right. And then there's the ones that this is their lifestyle and all they're trying to do is get a fix and take some dude off of a bike. Right. Take a girl off of a bike. Right. You know, those kind of things. Yeah. There were those uh, community bullies in there. Yeah. I had long talks with some of those guys and they told me that it had gotten to uh, a pandemic level. Yeah. Yeah. It's downright scary. Yeah. And um, I mean, and, and what's crazy is, is that in downtown LA, like yeah. the real center where it used to be really bad, Skid Row and all those things, right. all those places, they're now being pushed out. And now you're seeing them in Silver Lake and in Larchmont and in very nice upscale areas so you push them out but you got no place to take them so they're, they're going to go wherever they yeah. want well i mean if you push if you push down on a balloon in one side it'll pop up somewhere else it doesn't stay down in the balloon right and that's what's happening that's yeah, a good analogy yeah. and it's really scary i mean hell it's even getting down to south orange county where i mean where i live it's there there's very little homeless but you're starting to see it and they're come they're living down in the in the canyons right. places where, where kids ride bikes and go and go hiking, you know. So were they sleeping over there? Yeah, they're sleeping down in the in the uh, in the creek beds. Wow. Yeah, and so it's it's scary. It really is. It's a problem we need to fix. No, There's yeah. no question about it. There's no question. I did everything I could back then when I did spokes, and I, I tried to like raise awareness and talk to the guys that hope for restoration and all the people that were trying to make a difference. But um, I couldn't believe the amount of hate that I got on YouTube for trying to help. Yeah, and it really was sad. The bottom line is it's not in my backyard. That's the way they want it. They don't want to see it. They don't want to deal with it. But if you they don't deal with it, it's around. going to be in your backyard. Right, right. Oh, yeah, it's it's terrible. And in California, there are so many rights that have been created to right. make it a point where you can't move them. You can't do those things. You you have to be very careful the way, the way you proceed. Right. Well, they tried to move yeah. them here to Irvine, and Irvine said, fuck you. We right. don't want them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they tried to put them out in Santiago Canyon. Out, out in some field behind a library and an elementary school. Well, that's nice. So you got two things going on. You have people that basically can't even figure out, you know, what day it is lighting fires in a fire zone. Secondly, you have no infrastructure for them out there. You have no place for them to, to buy food if they have it. Right. There's no mass transit out there to move them. Right. So they're basically stuck out there. Yeah. So what are they going to do? They're going to go into the hills where people live, you know, to stay away from people, you yeah. know, they, they live in remote areas for a reason. They're going to come trouncing into these places. And a lot of these people are very pro-Second Amendment. Yeah, right. So you yeah. don't really think it's going to work out very well. Yeah, they're going to, yeah. Yeah. So fortunately, that didn't happen. Shit, dude. I had no idea that was going on. Yeah. Can we talk about a little, something more uplifting? Absolutely. Barbecue. Ha. Oh. Near that, and dear. That is your jam. D- don't, you have become uh, an artist at this shit. I... I, I wouldn't say an artist. I'd say more of a technician. Yeah. You know, um, I was very fortunate to um, get some time on um, some pits with a, a, a very famous and well-respected pit master. Adam Perry Adam, Lang. Adam Perry Lang. And um, I did, I guess you would call it stodging or whatever. I mean, I, I worked for him for a couple nights for, for free. Yeah. And what's funny is, is that... I, I interfaced with Adam probably out of the out of the twenty four hours twenty five hours that I was there those two nights maybe about an hour at the max. Really, most of the time I was working with his with his Sue, who basically ran the pits, Evan. Right, and he was showing me this is how you handle the meat. This is how you this is how you maintain your fire. Right, this is how you preheat your logs. All these different things. This is the touch you're looking for. This is the this is the um, the, the color of the smoke you're looking for, all those different things. He was showing me all these nuances. Then, you know, Adam taught him. Right. But um, I really spent the time with Evan, and he was great, um, great guy. But Adam, at the end of the night, when we were pulling it off the pits, he was there to touch it, to taste it, to inspect it before it was wrapped. So that that part was, you know, the affirmation that we were doing something right. But This is where people need to understand that, like, let's say people leave my food and they'll love it and they'll talk about it all the time. And I'll say, uh, then they'll introduce me to someone and say, you should meet Phil. He's a great chef. And I go, I'm not a chef. I'm a cook. Yep. I cook stuff. Right. Chefs are chiefs in the kitchen. They're the boss. Right. Adam is a perfect example of that. Oh yeah. He has taught somebody 
how he wants his stuff cooked and trust them has trained them enough and control that pit with mm. people in it so everything goes smoothly, the food comes out, and it tastes like he had done it himself. Absolutely. That takes a certain level of perfectionism and just absolutely just a brilliant talent to teach people right. how to do that. Yep. I mean, that's, that's really, that's the quality of a chef. Mm-hmm. And... You described it perfectly. What I love about barbecue, and I didn't really know as much about it until you and I started talking, was it's a very simple process. You season the meat, you put it over coals, or you put it over over wood, and you cook it. That's what people normally think barbecue is. There's so many other things that go into it that have nothing to do with you touching that meat. Well, yeah, I mean, it's really funny. Um, Along, I mean, this has put me way back, uh, Black Sheep Bistro, which was a local restaurant here probably yeah. one of the finest ones in my opinion in southern california diane and um, rick rick yeah. okay i took a class with rick to do um paella okay right. and it was it was great he went through and he did a paella and he laid it out and he made the paella and i think there were seven people in my class hmm. okay every one of us had the exact same ingredients the exact same pan and the exact same working area there were seven different paellas that came out. Wow. Yeah. And we all use the same ingredients. And it's all truly a matter of maintaining your flame, Technique. keeping your temperatures, right. when you're seasoning, how you're seasoning, how much you're seasoning, how you're layering your flavors, how you're letting your, your sauces cook down, all these different things. But that's the same thing with barbecue too. Right. Because true like Texas barbecue, yeah, it's basically salt, pepper, and meat and, and beef. Okay. Simple. That's it. That's all it is. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, some guys get a little chefy and they might throw a little garlic, granulated garlic in there right. or paprika for color or whatever. But primarily that's it. But you can go to five different barbecue joints and it tastes five different ways. You know, they're similar because it's meat with smoke, but it's like, what temperature are you doing it? Are you spraying it? Are you putting a water bath in? You right. know, all these different things. Sure. So it really changes the dynamics. Are you using a stick burner that's offset? Are you using direct flame on an open kettle? You know, what What are you doing? How, how are you doing it? It's a, that's just the amazing part about barbecue. Yeah, it's really, it's a lot more involved than yeah. people think. There's nothing like solid fuel cooking. But it is great, right? It's so caveman-esque. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. You know? Yeah. Nothing make your balls drop deeper <laughs> than cooking meat over a flame that's or walking right. into Home Depot to the Home Depot theme song. And that's my jam. That's it, baby. Yeah. So, dude, how great is fatherhood? I love it, man. A good friend of ours, Jeff. Yeah. Um, I remember when he had his son. Yeah, Levi. Levi. He told me, he said, um, I could have never prepared for this. Yeah. But I am so fucking happy it happened. Yeah. They yeah. say it's the yeah. it's, it's the, the it's thing. the best and worst thing to happen to you all at once. Oh yeah. yeah. No, and it's great. I mean, my daughter now is is eleven. She'll be twelve in May. What's amazing is is that she's really developing into this young woman. Right. And um her dynamics, her opinions, her articulation on what she says and how she can express herself. Right. It's incredible. She's a good writer. She's extremely creative. I never know what's going to come out of her mouth. Right. She's one hell of an actress, which blows <laughs> my mind. I mean, really, one day we were driving and she want, she wanted something super bad. And she was getting to the point where she would just... I mean, it was like she was ready to go for tears. Oh, dear God. And I said, look, honey, it's not going to happen now. And just like that, okay. And then started out on another conversation. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of lucky because a lot of girls won't give up that easily. No, she's, she, she knows when to, when to stop with me. Right. She's, no, she's, got, she's figured it out. No one to hold them, no one to fold them. That's right. Yeah, she, she knows when to press too. I thought I, you know, I, I, Katrina and I never had children and I just kind of had assumed that, you know, it wasn't something that was, I wanted to do anyway. And then I mean, I met my, my second wife and she had two daughters from a previous marriage. I, I thought that at that point I go, this is my chance. You know, I thought I wanted to do this and this is my chance. And so I entered the fold. It was one of the most rewarding experiences that I've ever had. Yeah, oh, I have. They're not. They're not my kids, but they are my kids. You know, there are a lot of times I don't call them my stepdaughters. I call them my daughters mm-hmm. because I have raised them for seven years, and 
I have been a very large part of their life for the, for that period of time. And I met them, they were very young and, and now they're growing into their teenage years. And I look at pictures of me before all this, before I met, you know, my wife and, and I look pretty young and I was like, you know, you know me, I was in my late forties. I was acting like a kid. I was a dumb shit, you know, joking all the time. And then a few years into this relationship and look at pictures of me and I'm graying, I've got wrinkles, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm telling you something. If you want to grow up in a hurry, have some kids, you know, be a parent. It will, it will change everything. It's, you, a, it's an interesting combination. I mean, there, there definitely is a, a, mature section of it that you really need to you know you got to know when to be the parent yeah and when to have fun and the the key is is to be able to understand when it's time for both because right. well be their parent not their friend right. but be their friend too yeah but but it's not just be a friend but just just have fun just enjoy yourself right and let your kids see you enjoy yourself right because that really helps them yeah good advice yeah it truly does now I see what you've done with your daughter. Eric raised two young adults. I mean, they just look like it's a success. Yep. That's a success story. Yep. My brother raised two young adults. Success story, what he's done. I mean, it, the list goes on for me. I've seen so many of my friends who have just succeeded at parenting. And it's not an easy job. Hell no. It's a, it's a thankless job, no. but it's one of the most fulfilling things you can do. Extremely rewarding. Yeah. Especially, I mean, and just... I mean, just celebrating the the, the little things. You yeah, know, it's really funny. I mean, I, I mean, I remember, hell, I was at a at a preschool uh, function with my daughter, and it was one of these things where it was dads and their kids, and um, you know, everybody at, at the table were kind of sharing what, right? You know, what what accomplishments? You know, what what were you proud of your kid for? Right. And, you know, some of them, like the, the dads to the boys, like I caught what my son caught a football or, you know, he was able to throw a pitch to me or he caught the ball or whatever. Um, I was like, I was, I was proud that my daughter could outrun me you know, <laughs> doing a lap around the, around the track. Wow. You know, at four years old, the kid's like, you know, putting laps on me and it wasn't like I was, I wasn't in bad shape then. Right. But yeah. I mean, th those are the things that you just, you just, I mean, simple shit like that. You just yeah. get really proud. I was proud when my daughter was starting to brush her hair for herself, you know? Yeah. The little I mean, things, little dumb things like that. So you celebrate that stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of thinking that I want to taste Robert. Wait, that went, well, that sounded way fucking wrong. <laughs> well, it's better than um, saying you wanted to taste Richard. Oh, Dick? Yeah. You want some dick? <laughs> At least I didn't say I want Robert in my mouth. That's fucked up. Yep. Are you going to pop it? Ready? Do it. Oh, yeah. Second verse. Like, Same like the, the first. finest champagne. Oh, yeah. Hey, dude, did you see Tenet? Who? Tenet, the new Christopher Nolan movie. No. The latest one. You didn't Sorry. see it? Are you a fan of Christopher uh, Nolan? I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Sorry, I'm not a movie file like that. Okay, so did you see Inception? Yes. Okay, that was Christopher Nolan. Okay. All right. Did you see? Well, you've seen the Batman movies, Batman Return, or some no, of them. Not Batman. Kind of, they kind of they, they kind of waned on me after Dark, a while. Dark Knight, all that stuff. I got old. Got old. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's superhero stuff, right? Um. Yeah, but it just started to get a little dark. But Dunkirk, did you see that? Yes. Okay, you saw Dunkirk. Sorry, okay. so you've seen that. Um. All right, so you get the gist of sometimes right. he can do some really weird shit. Yeah. I think he's a fucking genius, but not for the reasons you might think. Okay. All right. He can write a screenplay like nobody else. Right. Confuse the shit out of you. Super deep, super complex, multiple layers, right? And then turn it into a, a masterpiece that visually just knocks your fucking socks off, right? He's a genius because he makes... And I'm going to use Tenet as a perfect example. This movie was so fucking confusing. Yeah. I watched it two and a half hours. Wow. After it was over, I thought the fuck did I just watch? I'm confused. I didn't get it. You can go two ways on this. You can say, uh, I'm confused. I didn't get it. It's a piece of shit. Or you can say, I'm confused. I don't get it. I need to watch it again. Now, this is a guy who shoots his movies in IMAX format, widescreen. Right. I don't know what it costs to go to a movie now. Is it like 25 bucks? Yeah. It's you know, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. IMAX is more. So let's say IMAX, if, if a regular movie is 25, IMAX is like 32 or 30 bucks. So you go in, a, you spend 30 bucks, you drop 30 bucks on to watch this movie. It confuses the living shit out of you. 
and you're done with the movie and you think to yourself, what the fuck did I just watch? I should watch it again. Yeah, you're going to invest in another another round. Another round. Ooh, try this beer. All right, Sorry. I'm, that's right. I'm pivoting. Here we go, Robert. Ooh, that's good, the man. The taste on it is such a good pop. Oh, dude. Isn't that crazy? Oh, man, that is so good. Delicious. That's a home run. I like that much better than the, the Brett Saison. Now, listen, I haven't been a big fan of Brett's for a long time. This actually got me good. It I, was good. I liked it. It was very good because it was subtle. Of the yeah. Brett beers I've had, Genemy? Genemy. 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 That was quite good. But we should have had this one first. This is, man, yeah. that's sweet. I taste candy in here. Yeah, there's definitely a little candy sugar or something in there. Dude, you don't have to turn away to Belch, man. This is a... That, wasn't a, that was kind of an airy oh. release. It would, yeah. it would have sounded more like a silent but deadly. Right. Yeah. But no, um, no, this definitely has a little sweeter, but the just the effervescence in it is, yeah. really, is really good. There's like a floral quality Very to it. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. So it really like dan- dances on your palate. Yeah, well, let's not get homo on this. <laughs> hey, you got you got Robert dancing on your palate. Yeah, yeah. buddy. Let's go, Is he Robert. A leotard. Dance away, my friend. Hey, listen, to something. I'm gonna tell you something. I rented this because I don't go to theater now because you know COVID and shit, and I think it, it killed it on the box office because they you know could go to the movies. So they released the Blu-ray. I watched it at home. I turned it off, and I'm like, I'm confused. I don't. <laughs> I mean, visually. And and I'll tell you what Denzel Washington's uh, what's his name his his son I can't remember his name now John David Rob John David Washington I think his name is okay uh, I could be wrong I'm sorry he's brilliant he's a great actor he was in Ballers on HBO with uh, The Rock yep I remember Dwayne Johnson great actor he pulled it off he's like a new James Bond that's the kind of movie this is it's almost like a spy thriller oh wow it's in reverse time right it's confusing I can't even explain the movie to you right now. But after I turned it off, I thought, oh, I guess I'm disappointed. I, I thought I'd like it more. Hmm. I woke up the next day and I go, I'm not disappointed because the movie was bad. I'm disappointed I didn't understand it. So I had it for another six hours or whatever. And so watched it in the morning for work so I could return it. I got it a little bit more, but I still didn't fully get it. Now I realize I got to buy this movie and watch it like six, seven times. <laughs> wow. Right? That's what he yeah. does. He makes you really have to think about it. Right. Anybody who can get this movie in two and a half hours is a genius okay. like him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it, it's smart. He's a box office genius yeah. along with an artistic genius. That's great. Christopher Nolan. You know what, what movie kind of did that for me? What was that last Quar- um, Tarantino movie? Um, oh. L.A. Story. Is that what it was? No. Or, or? Uh, 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 Day, uh, uh, something in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, a love letter. Day, God, a day in. Uh, gosh darn it. What now, was it now called? We're just thumping around. We're we gotta, completely we gotta, screwing up. I know what you're talking about, though. With Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that actually, when I when I left the theater, I saw that on the big screen. I was really once, once upon a time once in Hollywood. Once upon a time in, in Hollywood. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, when I, left the, when I left the theater, I thought, hmm. This one's got to sit on me to kind of figure this one out if I really liked it or not. It was a what if it, it was, went this way. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Mansons didn't succeed and didn't kill Sharon right. Tate. Yeah, they, right. they, they failed. But um, what was interesting is that, I mean, I think after after it's kind of settled on me, I thought, wow, that was pretty good. But then when I saw it again, yeah, I really appreciated it for what it was and how well it was done. Right. And how much Tarantino kind of plays off of those mid-century movies where they have those extended dialogues right and 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 long scenes that are just narrative and they were really done well when he's walking out with his blender full of margarita and he's yelling at those kids get this piece of shit out of my street (laughs) exactly i laughed my ass off right i bought that movie i watched it six times yeah i think it was fantastic it was great yeah no you're right that's a good example of genius yeah yeah, that was a movie. That, that, movie, that was a movie that just kind of had to distill in you a little bit to yeah, really bring the out the 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 just the exceptional um, cinematography and writing and artistic photography in it. It was just amazing. And let's not discount the acting. The acting was fantastic. I mean, that wouldn't get you can't pull that shit off if you don't have the right actors. Overrated or underrated, Brad Pitt? Oh God, damn! Overrated or underrated? I I can't say he's underrated. At all. Because everyone loves him. I'd have to say he's overrated. 
Disagree. I oh. think he's I think he's overplayed at times, but I think for true the quality of his acting when he wants to really get into like a role like the one in in in, in that movie, right? Or um, God, what was it? What was that one? Dude, he's been in some bad films. He's been in some terrible films, but you know at least you're going down swinging. Yeah, you know. I mean, look at it that way. Well, if he's in a movie, I'll watch it. But then True Romance. Remember when he was in that? Yeah, and he played the stoner. Yeah, he, that was amazing. But I that, thought that was a really good role for but him. But then he did so well. it doesn't compare to California. Okay, so he'll, he'll he'll pick these parts that he'll knock it out of the park, and then pick parts where he's it's just not meant for him. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think in that regard, it's overrated. But I agree with you. Right. I think that the guy is he's talented. If he's in a movie, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those guys. If he's in any movie, I'm going to watch it. Al Pacino used to be that way until he started picking shit parts. Right. You know, now there's a lot of Al Pacino movies I have completely passed on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so Don and I have both, uh, we have a lot in common. And we inspire each other in a lot of ways. And Don has inspired me in ways he doesn't even know. But uh, one of the things he introduced me to was uh, Anthony Bourdain on the Food Network had a show called A Cook's Tour. And a girl at work had had mentioned it, but I didn't give her any time of day because I didn't respect her at all. And then Don mentioned it, and so I started watching him. And the guy was just out there. He was unconventional. You were used to these guys who were chefs, who were stodgy and, you know, very uppity. This guy was like a punk rock star and he took it to a new level. Don and I instantly became big fans of his and we basically bought everything he he wrote. We we bought every video that he produced. He stayed with us. He became an inspiration for me. He was the inspiration for my life as a foodie. It was him and Howard Stern. You know, I that's wanted a, that's a good blend. Howard Stern's delivery and the sense of humor that I had that that we shared together, but Bourdain's um, irreverence for the norms that I wanted to bring. And um, when he committed suicide in 2016, it was one of the hardest things for me to grapple with. It took me a year and a half before I could pick up one of his books or watch any of the videos, and the death. I took the death really hard and I was angry at him. I was, I was confused. I had to have his depression explained to me um, because I just didn't know. And it was a learning experience for me. I I don't know how much more I can express just how important he was to me and continues to be important to me. And fuck, I've got a tattoo of his logo (laughs) on, on my calf. That's right. You do. You hit you pretty hard too, eh? Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. I mean, I remember when when I told you about his show and how I thought it was just his his kind of in your face brashness. You know, quite frankly, reminded me a lot of you in a good way. Yeah, you thanks, know, thanks, that, man. In that sense, where that's nothing but like, a compliment. It's like I will, I will try anything. I will go anywhere. I will do this. You know, that kind of deal. Um, I I do think that um, he was best when he stayed in his lane. Yeah. You know, there were definitely some things that he did out there where he tried to have these kind of heart-to-heart interviews that were outside of kind of, I guess you would, I don't know if you'd call it lifestyle TV or whatever. Not really in his wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when, when he would when he would have these like dinner table conversations, I think he had one of his shows for, for No Reservations where it was a dinner table conversation. He was trying to take it all different ways. Yeah, that and was it, strange. It just it was just kind of uncomfortable. Um, I also think that, um, you know, when he went over to CNN, um, there were times when he was, again, kind of getting outside of his lane right. that maybe that is what was kind of spurring the de- depression. Who knows? Um, because he was seeing different things in different ways. But, you know, you don't know. You don't know what was in the mind of him when, right. when that was going on. You don't know how long that was really in him and how long how long he was fighting those demons and that he finally lost to. You know, i tell you something. I think it took me a while to warm up to that too, uh, the uh, Parts Unknown on CNN. And the reason why, I think, is because we weren't ready for it. 
But the more I watched it, the more I realized we should have been ready for it all along because that is who he was. Mm-hmm. He was he always championed the the underdog. And how many times did he say that these white people that go to New York to these go to these French restaurants and eat these fancy French meals who then go home and bitch about the Mexicans don't realize that it was the Mexicans that were cooking their food all yeah. along. Best best French cooks and in, in chefs in in New York are, are Mexicans. Right. Yeah. He he said, you know, he he called out hypocrites when they needed to be called out and did his best not to be one himself. But when he was hypocritical, he called himself out. Yeah. And he was okay with that. He was he was self-deprecating when he needed to. Yeah, I mean, you got to appreciate that. I mean, yeah. about him, the fact no, I, that I would I would agree to that. And his think... self-deprecation is a good point too because that's that was a, a major quality of him. That was endearing. Mhm. Well, he, yeah, he did that through out of every one of his his shows. He talked about how what a bad chef he was. Yeah. Exactly. No, man, it was it was definitely a loss. Um, I don't think anybody else out there can kind of um, run with that torch no. in the way he did it. They're going to try to make another Anthony um, Bourdain someday. It's going to fail. There's never going to be another Anthony Bourdain. But, I mean, I think one person who um, has kind of, I wouldn't say picked up the uh, the, the torch and ran with it. but Don't just, tell me, don't tell me. Guy Fieri. No. <laughs> Although I kind of consider him underrated too, but that's a whole different I show. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. So we we would have to go there another time. But um I think uh David Chang mm. in what he is doing that's not, a good one. not only with his media for his podcasts, but I mean if you watch Breakfast, Lunch and Dinner, that's the layover. Right. If you watch Ugly Delicious and where he's going and, right. and how what's interesting is instead of the way Bourdain would go to a place and go through the cuisines. David takes a cuisine and goes to the places and sees how the different ways. I mean, like if right. you watch the one for tacos that he did. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking incredible. Yeah. I mean, he goes everywhere from Copenhagen down to Mexico. You know, he's all over L.A. Yeah. He's in Texas. I he's, mean, he goes all over. He's got that Netflix money. And he, well, now it's Hulu money. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's, a, now he's heading to Hulu. But... But no, I mean, he really does give that essence that just makes you want to explore these places and truly like how Bourdain was. Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So he's not Bourdain. He's the Chang. He's the Chang. I like it. And he also has his buddy Cho. (laughs) (laughs) Chang and Cho. Chang and Cho. That's great, man. Hey, dude, who you got for the Super Bowl? You know, man, it's funny. I mentioned it before we sat down, but um, I used to always think that Belichick was the one that had the uh, the, the deal with the devil. It's yeah. fucking Brady. Oh yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, that guy, he he goes to the Packers' house. He throws how many interceptions? Three, I think. Yeah, ridiculous. Right, but he still beats Rodgers in his own house. I'll tell you what, there was a lot to be said that Green Bay did kind of beat themselves. Bad decisions from the sideline. I thought that there were a lot of questionable calls there. Um, but when push comes to shove, Brady's going to find a way to win. Oh, he does. I mean, Make the, those mistakes or not, he's going to win. You look at Tampa Bay, and that's basically, they're running Patriots offense. Yeah. You've got, you've got uh, Brady in the quarterback. You've got Gronkowski out there. I think there's a couple of other pats in that thing as well. But then you just have these fresh legs out on the sides right. that are catching his his ball. You know, it's amazing. It really is. But you, then you go on the other side and you go to Mahomes with, with Kansas City. Who's insane. Which, I mean, he is so fucking creative. When he threw that little shuttle pass for yeah. the touchdown. Underhanded. <laughs> yeah. He finds he that finds that was awesome. He finds new ways to yeah. make you say what the fuck was yeah, that? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he's got so much energy and drive. And I mean, it's watch. It's like watching college football with big boys in it. Right. You know, it really is. Yeah. I mean, the options that they throw, the creativity of their coach. You know, I'll tell you. I mean, I don't really have a horse in this race. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. Could be a fucking awesome game. I think there's no way it's not going to be awesome. Yeah. I think it definitely could go into overtime. Right. The spread's like three points or three and a half points. Yeah. Tampa's at home. It's the first time yeah, that exactly. a, a, a team has appeared in their own stadium for the Super Bowl. Right. No, it's going to be it's going to be really cool. I think it's going to be a great game. And remember, Tampa Bay was not a great team all year. 
I mean, they played all the way through Wild Card Weekend. Right. They uh, they struggled. They didn't have OTAs in the off season. I mean, this right. was a team that that had not played together before, and they make it to the Super Bowl. A lot of times, man, the the one that the one that wins are the ones that fight all the way through it. That's instead right. Instead of the home field advantage. That's right. You know, because they're staying sharp the whole time. That being said, I'm taking Kansas City. <laughs> I, I have a I have a gut feeling at the end of the day I think they're the better team. Yeah. They're definitely the dynasty going uh, into this. Brady might be the GOAT right now, but I think we're going to have a new GOAT when this is over. Uh, let me take care of some business here. This episode of Inane has been brought to you by Warby Parker. Today they're offering my listeners a free five-day home trial on five pairs, five days, 100% free. At Warby Parker, they believe that glasses should not cost as much as an iPhone, and that's no shit, right? Absolutely. I'm on my second pair right here. So, yeah, we're talking to a, a client right here. He's wearing a pair of Warby Parker. Now, these are black frames. Normally, you see some of these frames are like a, a, a cougar color. They have the tortoise shells. They have the mochas. I mean, they have all the colors. They have wire rim, everything. Um, I mean, I love them because they do have that, that you know, try at home. They'll send the five frames for you. Right. You can try them. You can put them on with, you know in front of your family, get some outside opinions instead of trying to fuck around with things on the... On right, because you can't bring your whole family to the, like, lens crafters and well, have them all see what you that. look like. I mean, trying to, trying to use the computer-aided ones where they drop them on your face, it just doesn't work. No, right. Yeah. So no, no, that's stupid. Yeah, it's actually great. Now I think they even have some brick and mortars around as well. Oh, they do? So you can go in and see everything. And then, I mean, I, I turn these around, put the self-addressed, you know, return envelope, you know, or, or package in there. Right. Pick the ones out. I do readers, so I don't have a specific lens. I had them in a week. 95 bucks. Yeah, yeah, they're under 100 bucks. Right. All glasses include anti-reflective, anti-glare coating, no additional costs. They include a hard case, cleaning cloth, no additional items that you need to purchase, really. And if you're blind as a COVID bat, you know, maybe you require some special lenses or something, no problem. Digital free form progressive lenses start at 295 That's impressive. That's cheap. If you've ever priced that shit out, Warby Parker makes buying glasses online easy and risk-free. Their home try-on program allows customers to order five pairs of glasses to be shipped directly to them. They can try them on the comfort of their own home, just like Don just said. Best program ever. Get feedback from your friends, your family, colleagues. Users can keep the frames for five days, then send them back free. Use the prepaid returning shipping label. No obligation at all. Follow the link in the show notes for this episode at philnagash.com forward slash inane. Start your free trial. I appreciate your support of this podcast and our new sponsor. Dude, thanks for joining me tonight, man. This has been a blast. You got it, man. It's been a lot of fun. The beers were great, but your company was better. Aw, butter me up, baby. I'm about to get cooked. (laughs) Clips from King of Staten Island, courtesy of Universal Pictures. Music in this episode, courtesy of DJ Yeeves and Metallica. Until next time, my name is Phil. Your name is Don. And this has been Inane More Than Ever, a podcast about nothing in particular. Cheers, man. Cheers.